Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. We've got a pair of great guests for you today, as I'll be joined via Zoom by Vermont Green FC Sporting Director and Head Coach Adam Pfeiffer, as well as Matthew Wolf, who is one of Vermont Green FC's founders. Vermont Green Football Club is a new men's soccer club that will be kicking off its inaugural season this month. The team will compete in USL League 2 and play their home matches at the University of Vermont's Virtue Field. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. This uh, this should be a great interview. I've been wanting to have you guys on since uh, the formation of the club. Um, I love the logo, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later. But uh, let's kind of start out with your soccer backgrounds. Um, we'll, we'll start with you, Matt. Why why found Vermont Green FC? Why was this the right thing to do? That's a pretty lofty question right off the bat. <laughs> that's that's uh, how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> so my soccer background... Um, well, I grew up kind of moving around all over, but um, sort of my formative years were in London, over in the UK, um, where I really got to see how a football club could have a positive impact on its community. Uh, at the time, uh, I was in North London and Arsenal were uh, immense their uh, total domination. It's been nothing but uh, downhill since then. Um, but when I came back over to the US uh, for high school, I uh, was I was in Minneapolis, and then I played college soccer uh, at Skidmore College under uh, Vermont soccer coaching legend Ron McEachin. Um, and since then, I've had the opportunity to work in the uh, creative and design space in soccer, designing um, a number of uh, crests and kits for clubs around the country. Um, and at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, things kind of slowed down and... Um, I got a group of friends together and thought, why can't we start a club uh, in Vermont that represents uh, and reflects uh, Vermont and Vermonters. And um, there's, you know, there was no USL League Two club here. Um, There hasn't been in about 10 years since the Vermont Voltage left. Uh, So we've been working on this project for about two years. And now we're just a couple of days away from training camp opening. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a speedy process. And, Adam, you were brought on. I mean, you're, you're familiar to Vermont, obviously, because, you know, as the head coach at Norwich. Um, why was this the right opportunity for you to join? Well, I mean, you know, given our, our college schedule, obviously there's there's that that space of time in the summer. So, you know, from a you know, the standpoint of just availability, like that, that's the time of year where where things you know slow down for us and we're able to you know be in person other places than 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 the university so from you know from that standpoint it made sense but you know I was also you know one of the few people uh, up here in Vermont that had you know experience in the PBL or USL2 you know for me it was as a player um and you know we we you know just kind of started a dialogue Matt and I and and you know it seemed to make more and more sense as time went on that that uh you know they wanted to give me this opportunity and I'm, you know, incredibly grateful and excited about it. So, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of a methodical process starting, you know, probably this time, probably last year, we started talking about it and different ideas and, um, you know, what maybe, you know, my vision would be for, you know, the, from a technical standpoint and from a player recruitment standpoint. Um, and it just seemed to, to kind of make sense. And we had a lot of, you know, shared similar values and, um, 
you know, for, for, for both of us, I think it just made sense to, to, to work together and, and do this together. Tell you what, I got to get my hands on one of those sweatshirts. Those things are great. <laughs> I like both of them. Now, did you guys know each other prior to this working relationship or did you know each other well at all? No, no, not at all. But funnily enough, um, our parents both live in Newton, Massachusetts. So there was a commonality, a shared love of a JP Licks uh, in Newton Center. Nice, nice. What is it about Vermont specifically that makes it, you know, a worthy home for, for a soccer club. I, I know they, they have passionate fans. I mean, I, I've gone up to some college basketball games up there. I know they have a great fan base for when, you know, they, they pack it in and they're passionate and they know what, what, you know, they, they know a good product from a bad one. What is it about soccer that makes it the right fit there? Well, Vermont, uh, soccer is the uh, most uh, participated sport in high school for both boys and girls in Vermont. Um, so that we know Vermont's a soccer state. Um, I think we also saw a big opportunity in that there, aside from the Vermont Lake Monsters, the baseball team, um, there aren't any other uh, professional or pre-professional sports teams in the Burlington area. So uh, we see an opportunity to, you know, throw seven parties for seven home games in the summer, maybe some playoffs sprinkled in there as well. Matt, you mentioned this was a, a venture with um, some of your friends. Were these like lifelong friends of yours? That you Is this something you guys had always talked about or is these you know guys you met post-college or what's kind of the story there? Two of the guys uh, also played uh, at Skidmore College with me and then other folks that I've met just working in the uh, soccer industry, more on the business side, not on the technical side. Um, and then recently we've, we've added uh, Connor Tobin to the mix. Connor had, has had or has had a, a wonderful career in the lower divisions. Most recently he was captaining uh, Ford Madison over in Wisconsin uh, and he's helping us here in a general manager role. This could be a question for either of you guys, but what kind of experience um, do you hope to offer fans? I mean, you mentioned kind of the, the, the parties, the seven parties. I know that's the, <laughs> a way of looking at it, but what, what's the overall experience you hope to provide? Yeah, I mean, we need to differentiate ourselves from a UVM uh, home game. We're obviously going to be sharing the stadium with them. Um, so one big plus we've had if, uh, for those that enjoy a cold, cold beverage, um, we've got a partnership with Burlington Beer Co., so they'll be serving serving cold beverages uh, at the stadium. And then we'll have a, a number of other activations uh, around the stadium with some of our other community partners. And, um, you know, one of the pillars of the club is um, our mission around environmental justice. So we'll have a lot of education and uh, awareness around environmental advocacy at our home matches. Where does that um, environmental justice awareness, where does that stem from? Is that something that you as a group have always been passionate about? Yes, absolutely. And it's foundational to the club. You know, in all of our business decisions, we're asking ourselves, what impact is this having on the environment? So whether it's the apparel program or the jerseys, we're trying to uh, figure out the way to sustain most sustainably travel to our away matches. Um, We want to create a bit of a blueprint for um, other soccer clubs to follow. And uh, credit where credit's due, there's a club over in the UK called Forest Green Rovers, um, who've done a lot in the uh, environmental responsibility space um, and have been a, a major inspiration and help to us. Adam, in previous discussions we've had, you know, you've kind of mentioned that maybe semi-pro isn't the right way to look at this. It's more pre-professional, I think was the, the term you used the last time I talked to you. Uh, just kind of explain what, what that means. Most of our players are, are going to be, you know, guys that are either, you know, going to play college next year or guys that have been, you know, playing, at, at different colleges, whether they be division one, two or three, 
um, schools. Uh, so, you know, most of these players, this is kind of a bridge between, um, you know, their spring seasons with their college teams uh, to, to kind of bridging into their, into their fall seasons, um, which obviously start, you know, you know, the beginning to mid uh, August. So for the most part, that's, that's where, you know, most of these guys are either coming from or where they're going to. Um, so they're all, you know, amateurs. Um, and then, you know, you, you can also sprinkle in a few guys that are, that are former pros that, you know, are no longer have kind of given up that sort of professional status and are, are now, um, you know, technically amateurs again. Um, and so we have a few, you know, a few of those players, one of them, you know, we announced just, was it yesterday or the day before, you know, Ruben Iarno who played at BC, that great BC team back in 2007 with, with Alejandro Bedoya, the team that was ranked, you know, number one in the country going into the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, Ruben went off and had a, had a, you know, great career in Sweden. Um, and, you know, he's coming back now to, to come and, and work with us and then, and then finish up school um, at BC, uh, in the fall and work with them. So, um, you know, we can, you can get people from different avenues. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, it's not really semi-pro, um, in that everybody here, you know, everybody that's going to be playing for the club needs to be, you know, have amateur status at that time. In regards to construction of the roster, was that a difficult process? Were there, um, things you were you were looking for i mean were players from new england was that like uh, a priority for you to get players maybe that vermonters might be familiar with or new englanders might be familiar with what was that whole process like well definitely you know a multifaceted process um you know obviously we wanted to have representation from from vermont and and you know from from the immediate area and that obviously um we've been able to do that uh you know sign some of the some of the best local players um, beyond that, you know, it's, it's a relationship business, just like everything else. And, and, um, you know, for us, it was about, you know, relationships that we had with, with other, you know, coaches around the country. And, you know, it's always a, it's always a sensitive issue when, when coaches are recommending to their players to go and play, you know, USL two or, you know, PDL in the past, um, because there is, you know, that potential where if you have a player that's playing, you know, 14 games and then you go off to the playoffs and, you know, you, you wind up playing 18, 19 games and you have a few scrimmages, you know, mixed in, that's a lot of games. That's, that's heavy lifting before you get into, um, you know, the college season, which is really, you know, that we used to say it, you know, when I was working at Northeastern, that the college season is not a marathon, it's a sprint, uh, because it's only two and a half months, three months, you know, th- three and a half, four months, if, if, if you're making it into the NCAA tournament into finals, um, so it, it, it can be very fast. And so you want, you know, those players to be rested and healthy going into that. And so that's what the USL two season is. It's, it's, it's a bridge to that. Um, but you have to be able to manage those players, um, so that, you know, they're not playing 14 to 18 games. I did it myself, uh, playing for the Cape Cod Crusaders where, you know, started, uh, you know, every game, I think I wound up playing in 19 games cause we played in, in you know, into the national final. Um, and then started preseason literally like three days later, I think I got, you know, off a plane from Chicago and, you know, went back to, to school two days later and, and, uh, you know, was in preseason the following day and, and just physically that wasn't, you know, the greatest situation. And so there's a lot of trust that, that, that those, uh, you know, college coaches put in me and in our staff, um, and in the club in itself to, just to take care of these guys, um, you know, manage the minutes that they're playing and manage kind of that workload, um, so that we're not sort of overdoing it, but then also, you know, having them still be fit and sharp so that when they go into, into their preseasons, they're ready to rock. 
those are great points because my next question was going to be how does your coaching style change? You know, you're when you're coaching at Norwich, those are your players you recruited, and that's their four year experience. Um, you're probably, I would think, maybe coaching them differently than you're going to coach the players for Vermont. So, how do you kind of adjust to what this club is as compared to your, you know, your typical college job? Yeah, I mean, it is it is very different. I think that you know, for us, you know, we have to, um, you know, I think in college at, at times there there's there are times where guys have to kind of play through, you know, some some injuries because of you know, the length of the season. I mean, if you pick up uh, an injury that takes, you know, two months to come back from, that's it. The college season's over. Um, and so sometimes I think that there are players that, that push to come back and, and certainly, you know, the training staffs are, are very cognizant of that and we're doing everything we can to, keep, to take care of these guys. Um, but, you know, there is a little bit more of a win at all costs kind of mentality. And I think for us, um, we understand that, that these guys, like their top priorities and their, um, you know, they, they need to be prepared for those college seasons. And, and so it's really important for us to, to, you know, know when to scale things back with a certain guy. And so we almost have to look at it a little bit more like, like, you know, a developmental kind of system, just like, you know, when you're looking at, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds, and you're trying to, to, you know, slow things down at times to develop them and, and do things a little bit more methodically. Whereas, you know, in college, it's more of, you know, it's a different kind of business, maybe a little bit more cutthroat, um, where we, we need to be able to, to really manage these guys. And um, so it does change things. I, I think that, you know, you also have guys that are coming from, you know, different, you know, levels, different programs. Uh, and those programs spend a lot of time, you know, kind of, you know, instilling different ideas and, uh, you know, tactics and, um, you know, different philosophies. And so we have to be careful, I think, not to disrupt that too much. Uh, not to spend too much time sort of worrying about, you know, uh, you know, how we're going to set our stall out or how we're going to attack. Like it, it needs to probably be a little bit more scaled towards, you know, having these guys being physically and um, technically sharp when they get back to preseason. So, you know, it's just, it, it is a little bit different. Um, you know, fortunately for us, like the first month and a half of the season, we've only got one game per week. So we will be able to really train. Um, and then you get into that second half of the season where we have two games a week and that, and that that's where you, you start looking to kind of rotate your squad um, and, you know, not have guys play more than one game in a week uh, so that they can continue to train during the week. Um, and so, you know, those training schedules will probably be a little bit different uh, for each player. And, and we kind of, you know, are going to need to be cognizant of those things and kind of, um, you know, be smart about how we're, 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 you know, managing each player. And so it's not, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, times where we have to scale things back for certain guys and, and need to let them rest because um, again, we, we really don't want to be a program or a club that is sending players back to their colleges, beat up and tired from, from a USL two season. And, and we need to do all that while still winning games and still being competitive. And we still want to win championships here. So, you know, it's really, you know, the club made a major investment to, to, you know, house enough players so that we could rotate the squad. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's our plan. And, and, and we are going to stick to that so that, you know, when we do send these guys back, um, in the fall or in, you know, in the late summer that, that, that they're healthy and, and it's not because they've been over, you know, they've played too many minutes. New England's soccer journals, the goal will return after this. 
Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. What does it take to become a champion? Teamwork, talent, grit, and above all, opportunity. Hoosack Elite Soccer has all that and more. Let's go, let's go, let's go! Hoosack School is located in beautiful Hoosack, New York, right on the edge of New England. And Hoosack students don't just dominate on the field, they dominate in the classroom. Students at Hoosack benefit from a rigorous academic program, expert instruction from an amazing faculty and staff, fine and performing arts, championship athletics, and the once-in-a-lifetime experience that comes from a student body of over 200 students from more than 40 different countries. Soccer teams practice. Elite soccer teams train. Hoosack Elite Soccer. Isn't it time you went from good to elite? For more information, check out hoosack.org. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, Division one, two, and 3 colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to AnySoccerJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. So we need to get into this team crest because in a word, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's just, it's just so, it's so Vermont, I feel like, and so fun. And Matt, this is obviously your area of expertise. So what was the thought process behind designing this crest? And, and could you maybe describe what it is for, you know, any, any listener who can't see it? Absolutely. Uh, so the crest is, I'll just describe it. It's kind of a, it's a circular crest. Um, Vermont written across the top, green written across the bottom. Uh, it's got a sun rising over two pine trees and a, and a mountain, uh, Vermont obviously being the green mountain state. Uh, but I suppose the little cherry on top is that the mountain has a smile on it. So look, we wanted to have a bit of fun with it, uh, which is hopefully uh, a spirit that Adam will bring to the squad as well. You know, it's a short season. Guys are coming from all over. We're not here for a long time, but we're here for a good time. How would you kind of describe the spirit of Vermont? I mean, anybody who's ever been up there, especially to Burlington, it's just a fun place to be, in, in my opinion. But what's it, what's it like being there full-time for you guys and just the, the spirit of the people there? Yeah, especially in the summer, it is a, such a wonderful place to be. Um, 
my colleague Kiel has said in a, a couple of other interviews that uh, folks in Vermont are eclectic and eccentric. So uh, how about those for SAT words? But um, I think, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a spirit of um, folks that like to get together for a, for a good old fashioned time. And hopefully we can do that at Virtue Field. Matt, how did you get going down that avenue of designing crests? Um, you know, where did, when, when did you really fall in love with that, with that aspect of the game and, 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 What's that been like just to, to do that, like you said, for all different uh, clubs and organizations? Yeah, well, I grew up in a artistic family, so I was encouraged to, uh, I guess, express myself artistically growing up um, with musicians and artists in the family. Uh, when I got to Skidmore for, uh, to play soccer, um, I just did what all the rest of my classmates did, which was major in business. Um, and then as I was uh, starting to leave Skidmore, I really realized that I hadn't um, tapped into my passion for design. Um, so I managed to do a few more design credits there at Skidmore. And then I did, uh, two more years in Parsons in New York city where I was able to hone my craft a bit more. Um, but look, I, uh, I consider myself very lucky. I get to work at the intersection of like my two biggest passions, which is design and soccer. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of how I got to designing crests, um, it's just one uh, one foot in front of the next, starting with, you know, amateur semi-pro teams and, uh, you know, doing a, a, a few other clubs in like USL, NPSL, and then eventually was able to work my way up to doing some crests in MLS, uh, worked in-house at NYCFC for a while, um, and obviously got a lot of lucky breaks along the way, but um, yeah, just one foot in front of the next, I suppose. As a new club, how important is it or, or was it to make sure you came up with a creative crest and kind of had something that made a splash? I, I mean, I don't know if players are drawn to teams because of the crest or whatnot, but it is cool. And I, I, you know, players like uniforms, but how important was it to have something that caught people's eye? Really important, especially as we're trying to introduce ourselves to the community here. Um, I've said this, I say this to clubs that I work with around the country that I think, you know, a strong visual identity, a strong crest and good kits uh, can be a little bit of a gateway drug to a soccer addiction. Um, so, so hopefully we'll have caught the eye of some folks here in the Burlington area who saw the crest and wanted to learn a bit more. And hopefully next thing you know, they're, they're season ticket holders. What do you guys expect from competing in USL League 2? What, what level of play? I mean, how, how difficult will the challenge be? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think, you know, you, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're brand new, uh, you know, we've got, you know, 35 new players uh, that have never, I mean, some of them will have played together in their colleges, some kids, maybe there's a little bit of intersection in, in, in clubs and things like that, but, you know, it's all going to be new. Um, and so it, it is obviously going to be difficult, you know, playing against, um, you know, some of these more, you know, well-established clubs, um, you know, the Bolts and, and Seacoast and, you know, Western, you know, the, the Western United Pioneers. I mean, that it's, it's going to be heavy lifting. We know that, um, you know, certainly be interesting for me, the Bolts are my boyhood club. That's where I grew up playing. I've never had to like really compete against them. Those are, those are all those guys over there are my best friends in the world and people that I love and care about. So, so that part's going to be, is going to be a little funny we play them back to back, uh, you know, home and away and, and, 
you know, those are, those are my brothers over there. So that's going to be, that's going to be a difficult time. I know Brett, Brian Ainscroft's planning on, on coming up and we're going to get uh, the whole team, a lot of Ben and Jerry's right before the game. <laughs> uh, we've got them set up at BBCO and, and uh, they can, they can drink as much as they want before the game. I don't know if it's legal, but um, you know, with it, we'll, we'll provide it free of charge yep. Um, yep. that and the Ben and Jerry's right before the game. And, you know, whatever else they want, and then we'll go out. We'll have a good time. So see what happens. Uh, but no, it, it it is going to be it is going to be heavy lifting. Like we know that 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 it's going to be difficult. Um, and you know, we're going to obviously take it one game at a time. Right now, we're 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 obviously concerned with Boston City, and, and they've got you know they're we we we're obviously aware that they're training and they've got their team there. And our you know our guys don't even some of them won't even arrive until uh, you know a week mm-hmm. after that game. So you know, cause we're a very college, uh, you know, focused team, a team that, that, that a lot of the players are going to come, they're going to take finals, uh, get on a plane, get here, and then we're going to throw them into a practice session and then a match the next day. So, you know, especially at the beginning, you know, part of the season is going to be really difficult. I think a lot of the clubs are in the same boat as us, but, but, um, you know, it, the clubs that don't have a lot of, you know, current college players and, and they maybe have some older guys that are, you know, either ex pros or done, you know, done, done with college or, you know, are just local to their, to their areas. Like, you know, we've had to import most of our players, um, you know, they're going to have a little bit of a leg up in that beginning part of the season. And we, we just have to grind out some results at that time. And then, you know, hopefully find our legs, you know, into, into the middle and late part of the season, but uh, it's going to be difficult. We're excited for the challenge. Is there buzz? Do you sense there's buzz around Burlington about the team? And do you feel like are, are, when you're on the streets or when you're going around, are a lot of people talking to you about the club? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously we got a lot of work to do, um, to, you know, really ingrain ourselves in the community, but the early buzz has been nothing but positive and, um, you know, uh, maybe we'll see formation of sort of supporters groups. One interesting thing we've seen is, uh, interest from Montreal, which is just about two hours North. Um, some, uh, uh, uh folks from Montreal, uh, organizing a bus down to, uh, the first, the first national home opener on May 28th. So I think, you know, we're going to do what we can to uh, put butts in seats on, uh, on May 28th. And I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. Where will the players stay while they're up, while they're th- with the team? Some of the players are local uh, yeah. and we've provided housing for, for some players that are coming in from other programs. We've got four, uh, four young players from Creighton all coming in from Nebraska. Um, five. F- five players from Creighton. Um, uh, some folks coming in from uh, Cornell and Brown. Um, so there will be housing provided to, to a number of folks. Um, so that's where they'll be staying, which is just in South Burlington. For the players that are, that are traveling, maybe, you know, across the country or halfway across the country or whatnot, is, is that, um, was that a tough sell to get them to play for the, for the, for the club or are they very willing to, to come out here and spend the summer out here? Oh, I mean, you know, to be honest, like a lot of that is just relationships with the coach, like, you know, Johnny Torres, um, I actually knew him from, from when he was playing for the revolution, he used to come to my, my practices at Newton North high school. Um, he was, he used to catch a ride with Ted Chronopolis and, and come to those practices. And, and uh, we just kind of developed a relationship from that and, and kept in touch, you know, 20 years later, we're, we're bringing, uh, you know, some of his guys, five of his guys from Creighton. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of that, you know, that's those sales points go through the coaches first. And then, you know, then obviously we speak to the players. Adam, you're a Boston guy or a Newton guy. You played at BC, coached at Northeastern. Are, are you a full-fledged Vermonter now? I mean, do you still consider yourself a Boston guy or are you a Vermonter? 
Yeah, it's 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 funny. We you know now that my you know my kids are growing, my daughter's seven years old now. I've got another one that's going to be three over the summer. Um, we're pretty ingrained. Like this is this is home now. Um, so you know, I, I had a, a you know recruit up here for for Norwich uh, just today. I was dropping him off at the airport, and you know I was telling him this is this is kind of where I am now. This is where I live. This is. I can't picture ever leaving this place. And, you know, part of that is because if something is 45 minutes away or if something's a half an hour away, it's always a half an hour away or it's <laughs> always 45 minutes away. And, 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 you know, I've gotten really used to that. And, you know, I, I just, honestly, I can't imagine at this point, um, you know, wanting to raise my kids anywhere else. So yeah, I, I think I'm a Vermonter now. I, I'm, I'm slowly being accepted more and more by the community. It, it, it takes a little bit of work for your, you know, you to be considered an official Vermonter, you have to, you know, kind of hit a quota of Ben and Jerry's and, and you know, the local, the local beers, but I've worked hard at it. And, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm getting close to earning my stripes. I feel like that's the good life. If it's ice cream and IPAs to, to reach the uh, elite status, that's the way to go. Come on up. Come on up. <laughs> uh, so with, you know, a few weeks still to go for you guys here, what's um, the level of stress? I mean, I, I'm sure you've been just going, going, going for the last few months or whatnot, but how are you feeling with the season approaching? Feeling good. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, a lot of initiatives underway. Um, we're looking to get, schedule uh, a friendly match here before our home opener so we can make sure our ticket system works. But um, first and foremost, I want to make sure that the players have an awesome experience here. We want to take care of them so that they'll come back year over year, um, to, to play for the club. Um, so, you know, I want to make sure the kits fit, make sure the balls have enough air and then I'll let Adam do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you drink enough maple syrup every morning. It gives you the energy to get through the day as much as you, know, you feel a little stressed. You know, that maple syrup is a long way here and, and, uh, we have, we have it in you know, plentiful. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, guys, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This was great, fun conversation, and um, I'm hoping uh, to get up there and catch a game myself. I think it'll be a great environment, and uh, I'm always down for some Ben and Jerry's, so i got to get up there. All right. Super. Welcome anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Right, thank you. Take care. Thanks again to Adam Pfeiffer and Matthew Wolf for joining the podcast and engaging in a great conversation. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by Steve Safran and is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.